Alrighty guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Paid and Passion, where we let our passions work for you. Uh, today we have a great friend of mine, God's Will. Uh, could you go ahead and introduce yourself? So y'all, how y'all doing? Uh, my name is God's Will Wonkwo. Uh, I'm a current program manager at Google um, and also startup founder of Migrate, well, which is a payment processing company that will enable people to be able to shop on their favorite websites and check out using cryptocurrency. Um, which is launching um, this spring. So thank you for having me, Josh. Thank you, thank you. And congratulations to your uh, your launch that's about to start. Thank you, thank you. you know, you're doing great things. So let's just bring it back to your, you know, your primary thing, uh, working with Google. How has that experience been for you? Yeah, great question. Um, so I'm a year um, and a month in at okay. Google. Um, so I started uh, January, 2023. Um, sorry, January 2022. Um, it's been a fantastic experience so far. Um, you know, it's a lot of my close friends know I've wanted to work at Google since I was around 19 years old. So um, definitely been a blessing. So yeah, really excited to be um, on this journey. Okay, that's great. So since this has been a journey that you wanted since 19, what was your, I guess, your out your career outlook? How did it look before the age of 19? Yeah, great question. So um, around freshman year of college, I actually came in with the idea that I wanted to be pre-med. Um, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in medicine, but I did have a passion for healthcare um, since a very young age. Um, and so, um, you know, got to UGA and I was, oh, like, you know, maybe I want to be a pharmacist. Maybe I want to be a doctor. Maybe I want to be a PA. Maybe I want to be a biomedical engineer. I had all these different ideas. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but around sophomore year, I started surrounding myself with um, different perspectives and different people who kind of exposed me to like a lot of opportunities um, outside of the medical field. And I've always been interested in business and technology. I feel like I've always been a creative person growing up um, and, you know, had a very entrepreneurial mindset as well, but didn't really know how that could materialize into something that I'm doing now. And so um, around the 19, age of 19, I was like, oh, you know, what? I want to go on a limb and switch my major. Um, and at that time I was around health promotions and then um, I ended up switching to MIS, which is Management Information Systems at UGA, as you know. Um, and, you know, with that switch, it just kind of exposed me to a whole new world of thinking, the, a, a whole new world of really just approaching different problems and how, like, my creativeness can kind of help organizations solve that, whether it's my organization or, you know, big organizations. And so the reason why I wanted to end up at Google is because I feel like how cool would it be to be at one of the largest tech companies in the world that are solving really major problems for um, users, you know, across many different softwares and hardware um, platforms. And so, um, you know, at that time, I was like, you know, I really want to work for that for them one day. And a lot of people was like, oh, man, like, it's so hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? The percentage is low. The chances are low. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was like, not like people was hating, but it was just more so like not many people had been seen from UJ who have done it. Um, aside of a few people that I, you know, had really close friendships with who were a little bit older than me. And so, it was kind of something I set my path on, not because it was difficult, but because I was passionate about it. Um, and so, you know, the rest is history. Of course, there were different, you know, paths that we'll get into on the way that kind of got me to where I'm at today. But ultimately, very, very, uh, you know, interesting journey. Yeah, that's great. You know, you had your mind on the mission and you stuck with it through and through. Okay, that sounds good. So I always heard about MIS, Management Information Systems. So how has that kind of prepared you for 
you know, just that different outlook. I really didn't know. I mean, I hear management information systems, but even then, I don't know what that means or like what that prepares you for in, you know, in the job force. So could you kind of share with that, share with us, like what those classes kind of looks like and how that prepared you for what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So uh, for those watching that may not, you know, be 100% um, privy to what MIS is. So management information systems is basically the cross, the intersection of business strategy and computer science. And so on one side, we take business courses such as management, marketing, finance, and in a lot of those like different core business classes, you learn the fundamentals of how to be a successful professional in those different areas that I just mentioned. And so outside of those core classes you take um, as a Terry major, there are also different classes such as project management, um, you know, um, business process management notation. And so within project management, you are basically the stakeholder who's responsible for serving as the liaison between either an organization or a client or maybe your team and different stakeholders across the, the company. And so as a project manager, you know, you basically have to ensure that um, you're helping people understand what are the different tasks, action items, and processes that need to be completed to either have a product or project launched. Um, and so that was one class that we took that was really, really dope. Shout out to Dr. Huber. Um, if you're in Terry, highly recommend you take him. Um, and then on the technical side of MIS, there were classes such as um, Java or SQL. And so Java and SQL are both um, coding languages. And so Java is an object-oriented language. And so with Java, you can build applications and different types of interfaces and backend technologies. Um, and then also with SQL, SQL is a querying language. And so, for example, let's say that you have a table and it has many different rule sets and, and formulas in that table, and you need to pick a specific formula to solve a problem. And so, for example, let's say that one plus one equals two or X plus Y equals Z, and that is stored in a specific table or in a chart. And you want, you want to be able to pull that entry whenever you come across problems that require that kind of mechanism. And so with SQL querying, you're actually be able to do that using the actual computer technology to figure out where you want to you know, identify and query that specific data set. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of the, the main, you know, some of the main classes we took. And so I know that sounds very, very like, you know, probably boring and nerdy, but it's way bigger than that. I think MIS was, was more so something that helped me expose myself into the realm of how do professionals think in technology right. and business. I didn't want to be all the way into the computer science world, but I wanted to be dangerous enough to where once I get older and get more skills and understanding, I can be at a top company and understand the technology, but not necessarily have to code, which, you know, even though I know how to code, that's not necessarily something that I'm mostly passionate about. I'm right. more so passionate about give me a, a great team of professionals. How do we go and solve this problem, right. whether it's a product problem or a project problem? But more than likely, everything comes down to people. And so that's what I'm really, really passionate about is how can I make this person's life easier with the innovation that we bring to them? And so um, that's kind of where I sit now at Google as a program manager. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, how was the transition from, although you only did it for one year, I do know, again, as you know, a science major myself, how was that transition from those science classes, you know, a bit more scientific and I guess you'll say spot on, you know, so exact to now a major where you have to use more, get the, it's, it's more flexibility in your answer and, of course, work that you do. Yeah, uh, great question. So I think in science classes, you know, we've all taken science classes since we were like in what, 
first grade, you know right. what I'm saying? And so I feel like science is one of those innate subjects where you can see it around you. Mm. You know that H2O has the water cycle. You right. know that within science, there's the weather. There's so many different facets of science, you know, whether it's biology, geology, um, chemistry. And I was actually very, very pretty good at science and I was very always interested in it. Um, but I think one thing that's really important to note is that there's just not one linear monolithic path to success in your right. life. Like I always tell people like, just because I'm working at Google now doesn't mean I'm going to be there for like the next 15 or 20 years. Like I, myself as a person, like I may want to still dabble into healthcare technology. Mm -hmm. I may even want to dabble into full-time entrepreneurship past right. the age of 28. That's something right. I'm manifesting. And so like within that, I've just realized that the idea of, Oh, I want to be this when I grow up. I don't really believe in that anymore. Right. I feel like if you want to do something at 25, do that. And then at 30, try something new, 35, right. try something new. Like you're not limited to what you studied in college. Right. But um, to answer your question in terms of the differences between what I take the science classes I took versus the business classes, I think, like I said, the science classes are things that you can identify in nature right. and things that while are very difficult, um, there's a whole different, different way of thinking. I think science is very concrete in terms of, oh, like if you want to find out this theory or you want to find out what's the science behind something, you can go find that versus with business. We never really got taught business classes in, right. in, in growing up until we got to college. Yeah. You know, we, we never really had an understanding of financial literacy. Um, and then on top of that, like being a minority, being someone who grew up in a household that was on the lower middle income um, side of things, like I'd always been able to identify, okay, like I know the kind of lifestyle that I want to live and it's not what I have, you know, now. And that's how I thought as a kid. And so that kind of knack for understanding, like, how do I get to a place where I'm able to create generational wealth right. at, a, at a young age? And also, how do I have the idea of what financial literacy is right. and of others like myself to learn what that is? Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I, I just was always really passionate about that. And so I think MIS and business in general just kind of helped me to learn a little bit more about not only how we can help ourselves, but also how do we operate in a day-to-day -day world that right. is focused around a lot of different things regarding whether finances, technology, um, investing, like a whole bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, I don't want to worry about that until I'm like 30 or 40. And that's cool and all, everybody's different. But the real reality is, if you want to break the cycle of how you grew up, then yeah. you have to change yeah. something that you're, that you, you're accustomed to. Right. You know, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results is basically a different insanity. Right. Um, and so for me, I wanted to be in a position where I could graduate college and not only have a really good financial outlook for myself, but also potentially for my family and then also for my future generations. So um, I think business, technology, and the combination of the two helped me to realize the possibilities mm -hmm. that, I could, that I could accomplish in my 20s. So. Yeah, no, that's great. Business and, business and technology is definitely uh, our future. You know, this, just this era that we trapped into even me saying it from a previous videos like if someone i mean as we do have people who have been in prison for so many years this era the technology era from going in and coming out is totally different like you really would not know how to operate life but again you're going into that area where you know you're able to just tackle different types of uh problems yeah. that you see in society yeah. using those areas okay uh so what because again, it sounds, well, it doesn't just sound like it. You are very knowledgeable in your area. So what other tools or like resources did you use or have that kind of helped you on this, you know, on this journey of going into MIS and going into Google, mm. talking about financial literacy, yeah. 
of those type of things? Um, yeah, well, you know, that's a really a, a great question. Honestly, I think one of the most important things that somebody has to identify is what are you even passionate about? Right. You know, I think before we even get into like the tools, resourcing and, and, you know, your network, ultimately it's like, how do you align what you're passionate about to what you actually want to do in life? I think a lot of people try to get the easy way out and figure out, oh, what's going to make me the most money or, you know, how, what's going to get me in a position that I'm comfortable, I won't have to work too hard or anything right. like that. But like, truth be told, any form of success that you achieve that's actually worth it, it's not going to be easy. Right. You see these people who, you know, are, you know, successful and, you know, they have a lot of money or they have a lot of, you know, fame, you know, I don't really care for fame, but like, I feel like, you know, in terms of like, however you define success, I think a lot of people think, especially our generation, oh, like, what is the easy way to get there? And yeah. like, truth be told, there is no easy way to get there. It's all about how you craft your path to, to align with what you're passionate about. But in terms of the actual tools, resources, and things that I felt like really helped me during that transition into the business world, mm -hmm. um, ultimately was a lot of it was the people around me. Um, really, like I was surrounded with a lot of great people at UGA, but there was times where I felt like the gap was really there in terms of what I really wanted for myself and who I could event, like who who could I actually see doing that. And not to say that I was looking for somebody to compare my path against, but it's really helpful to have people who inspire you. Right. And you know, I I I really really think it's important for people to have mentors people who they looked up to because even though they may not be in a position where you exactly want to be in the next three to five years they can at least give you some insights and help you to learn different things that you may have not have known was even possible before and so one of the organizations that i um, ended up being a part of in undergrad was called management leadership for tomorrow otherwise known as mlt um, mlt was just really amazing like mlt was an organization that basically caters to undergraduate black and brown um, students who are interested in careers outside of medicine law um, or anything that really re requires a postgraduate degree. And so that opens a playing field for black and brown students who are in tech, who are in business, um, who are in different areas of finance, whether it, um, whether um, they're in you know investment banking, consulting, product management, program management, there's so many different fields within the business and technology realm. But MLT was an organization that basically catered to students in those areas across the nation. So. Um, by God's grace, I was able to get accepted my sophomore year of college um, right after switching my major. And within that, um, I was they basically had access to the best and brightest students across the nation who yeah. looked like me. And it was crazy because, you know, it not only expanded my horizons in terms of what's possible, but then I was sitting at the table with people from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, MIT, UGA, Georgia Tech. And they were all like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I've interned at Google since freshman year. Like, it's nothing. And I was like, whoa, like these people are just like me, but it's like anything is possible. Right. So around the, the reason why I always tell people like age 19 was so pivotal for me is because I saw so much and I realized like the only limits that we actually have are because of either your environment, your socioeconomic status or your own beliefs. Right. And so if you believe that something's too difficult to achieve, then that mental mindset is going to go into how you talk about things and how you approach different situations. And then you're not going to want to accomplish that. But if you already have that mental mindset of, oh, like nothing is impossible and you have a healthy regard for the impossible, you can understand that you can achieve anything in life with God. And if you have the faith in the actual work ethic behind it, the sky is actually not even the limit. Right. And so that was one of the most inspiring things that I realized at a younger age. And it just kind of fueled me, man. And so when I switched my major um, and also got into MLT, it was just really a game changer. And, and just to give you a quick um, you know, synopsis on what MLT is again, um, basically, during those during MLT, 
they you know fly you out to different conferences where you get to interface with like different companies um and a lot of these times these companies are actually recruiting directly at these conferences right. and so um you may have interviews you may have interview prep you also may have opportunities to really just understand what it takes to be successful in the field as a black or brown um, mm -hmm. person and um a lot of those students that i actually met over the course of the years have now become a lot of my close friends um we built relationships and now some of us have even built businesses together um and so it's really great um to just be a part of that network because even though it was only around 350 of us that got selected nationally out of like thousands of applicants it was just really crazy to see like five years later you you look at where everybody's going and it's yeah. just like whoa like we just get started we're yeah. in our 20s right. and like i have friends who have businesses you know shout out to code house shout out to elevate thrifts you know what i'm saying and so um it's just really inspiring yes nice okay uh what was the feeling when you actually were accepted to google so of course you know you believe that you you know you saw yourself working for google despite everyone despite everything everyone was talking about you still applied but you know even when you know you worked hard for something sometimes you just don't get it so what was the actual feeling where you're like like wow okay i just became a a percentage that a lot of people well a percentage that a lot of people don't reach you know a point that everyone thinks about working for google at some point or not everybody but yeah. you know that's a big dream for a lot of people yeah. so the point that you really made it and you're like wow this is again just the beginning but i just achieved something so great yeah absolutely no nah, man it's you know you know big shout out to god because none of this will be possible without him but um i think the largest thing um that i can really say about that whole experience was man <laughs> god was really testing my endurance and my mm -hmm. patience my passion and my faith mm -hmm. um and, and you know honestly you know we talk about manifestation we talk about how you know if you think about something that you can achieve, you're going to end up talking to yourself about why you can achieve and how it's going to be a reality. And so instead of saying, oh, I want to be, I want to make six figures, or I want to be in technology, or I want to be a doctor, it's more so I will be one. Right. I will be a doctor. I will work in technology. So that is something that also shifted in my mindset around the age of 19 as well. Instead of saying wants, wills. Um, and then um, that was really a big accreditation to The Alchemist and also The Four Agreements, which were really two foundational books that I read around the ages of 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, but to answer your question um, specifically around like, what was that journey into getting to Google? Um, so once I did make my mind that I feel like I will be able to do that, um, I interviewed for the first time junior year of college. Um, so I was 21 years old um, and Google had reached out to me um, for a YouTube strategy role. Um, and so basically, um, this would be an internship opportunity between my junior and senior year of college. So in the summer of junior year, going to senior year, where I'd be actually able to um, go to the Bay, work out of the Bay, um, and work for the YouTube team, um, who um, who's responsible for different strategic products and endeavors um, that launch on their platform. And so I was ecstatic. I was right. like, man, like, how do y'all know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is amazing. I was okay. like, I they really, just reached out to yeah, you. Yeah, okay. they emailed me. And so okay. like I told you I was part of MLT. And so with MLT, we had access to many different recruiters yeah. and employers. And so once your resume is somewhat, you know, high level, like somewhat like attractive to like mm -hmm. different types of employers and stuff, um, it's pretty easy to circulate. So like, mm -hmm. at that time I was, you know, circling my resume around the different top tech companies such as Twitter, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, um, Deloitte, Accenture, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, and so somehow, some way, 
they reached out to me and they found me and they were like, hey, like, you know, we see that you're a student at the University of Georgia who's, a, you know, a junior, about to be a rising senior, and we would love to interview you for a YouTube strategy role um, out of California. And so I was just like so excited. Yeah. I told my dad, my mom, my friends, and I was like, yo, like, this is really my shot. This is my junior year of college. First time I ever interviewed with Google. And so I didn't really know how to prepare, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched like YouTube videos and like Googled like how to prepare for Google interviews. And I knew how difficult it was to get in. Um, I only had like a few friends at the time who I knew were working at the company. And like, you know, I and it was one of those really so, you know, <laughs> funny moments because as I'm getting prepared for the interviews and we're getting ready for the actual day of, I'm like, wait, like, how hard is it to actually get into Google? Yeah. So I'm doing like, you know, I'm researching and doing statistics and I'm realizing, oh, like, so around 3 million people apply to Google a year and they only accept around 10 to 20,000 mm. globally. Yeah. That's like less than a 1% chance. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, whoa. So like, this is like the NBA or M- and a yeah. NFL of like yeah. the tech industry. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, if you're him or her, like you're in there. And it's like, whoa. And so it was like a lot of intimidation. Um, it was a lot of like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so um, not to say that I, that played a huge factor, but I just genuinely was not prepared for what, for what the interviews had entailed. And so got into the first round interview um, it was around three or four questions. Um, I remember taking it um, in Tate at one of the build, at one of the rooms, like I think on like the fourth or fifth floor, where we mm-hmm. had like all those like rooms where you yeah. go in and stuff. And so that was like during the middle of the school day. I like skipped classes. I, I was like, bro, I'm focused on this interview. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, took the interview. This cool guy. Um, and a lot of the questions that I asked, I've never heard or seen before. They were mm-hmm. very difficult. I was like, yo, this is crazy. But I had faith that I was, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I, I did pretty good. Mm-hmm. I got a rejection notice probably like a week or two later. And mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, like, we don't want to move forward past the first round. And so I was heartbroken. I mm-hmm. was like, dang, like, yeah. that's crazy. But honestly, I needed it. Yeah. And I think the, one other thing that people are really fearful of is on the road to success is failure. Yeah. If you don't fail, you actually won't learn. And yeah. I'm actually very thankful that I failed at that time because fast forward five years, I'm 25, and it all makes sense. Right. To an extent, um, still thinking to figure it out, but so after that, I was really hurt. I was like, even fueled, bro. I was like, nah, like, I want it, like, yeah. I'm gonna get it. Like, this one first no was not, it, it's not gonna, you know, decide my future. Yeah. So, let's fast forward a little bit more. Um, so I ended up getting an internship through MLT Connections at Deloitte. Um, so Deloitte, as you know, is an accounting and consulting company, um, globally recognized as well. Um, and so, you know. Even though my eyes were still set on big tech and Google, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a product manager or a program manager. I knew that it's okay to have baby steps and it's okay to still, you know, have a different route that's maybe not right. monolithic or linear. And so with consulting, I felt like that would also expose me to a really like rapid paced environment where I can like really learn and be able to be, you know, exposed to different individuals who think differently or everything alike. And so um, long story short, I had two rounds with Deloitte, killed the interviews. Um, the team was like, yeah, we want you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up in, interning with Deloitte um, my junior year of summer going into senior year of college. college. And so um, fast forward after my internship, a lot more companies are hitting my line. Like, okay, like now at this point, my going into my senior year, there's a different kind of chip on my shoulder because I've worked at this company and I've seen what it's like um, to be, you know, in a, in a, in a, you know, technology slash corporate setting. And so at Deloitte, I was doing like artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, um, implementation. 
Um, and I'm not going to go into details of that, but um, so I was still, you know, had a chip on my shoulder and I was like, yo, like, you know, I still want to have a shot at Google. And so um, let's fast forward to interview season. Yeah. So in, te- in the technology and business world, students usually start interviewing for full-time job opportunities um, around like August to December, first semester senior year. And mm-hmm. so while everybody's like, you know, getting ready to graduate and, you know, figure out what's next, you know, um, I was really, really like focused on interviews to make sure I can get a job, you know, straight out of undergrad. Um, and so um, at that time, I was interviewing with a, quite a few different companies, um, such as, you know, Accenture. Deloitte had given me a return offer for full time. Um, and then last but not least, I had a couple other companies, but um, most notably Accenture and Google were top two on my radar. And so Accenture is also another um, mm-hmm. tech consulting company. Right. Um, and so they had reached out and then Google had also reached out again. Mm-hmm. And so this is the second time I'm going into interviewing with Google. Um, and, you know, again, a very tedious process. Um, I prepared a lot more extensively this time um, and um, really just connected with a lot of different people who either worked at Google or had, um, you know, great, great advice to help me for the interviews. And so um, I make it past the first round and they're like, whoa, like we like you. And this is like around like September. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time I'm also taking project management and the role this time is for a program manager role um, out in California. Um, and this is full time. So the money is different. And I'm like, how much are y'all paying? And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. You're telling me I can make six figures at 22 years old straight out of college. Did not even think that was a possibility. Didn't think I was gonna be even touch six figures until the age of like, 27, mm-hmm. 20, 28, 29, 30, you know what I'm saying? And so um, it was really like a really big exposure to like, oh, like this kind of money is actually achievable, attainable. Yeah. attainable. So we're going through first round interview. I kill it. They invite me for on-site interviews in California. This is around homecoming season. So um, they fly me out to California for free. I stay in this beautiful, beautiful villa in, mm-hmm. um, nice. in um, Silicon Valley. And uh, I go to the Google headquarters and I just fall in love even more. Mm-hmm. And just you know, I, I meet some people on campus. I, I see the cafeterias, and so you know, UGA had great cafe food. But when I tell you the food at Google is like ten times, twenty times better. Bolton. Oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, not bring up Bolton, but I'm a smelling boy. But um, yeah, man, like ten times better. You got professional chefs, like mm-hmm. anything you can think of that you want to eat, they have it. Mm-hmm. And so I fall in love, and then I have my interviews. Very, very difficult interviews. Um, they take like 45 minutes each, have five of them wow. that, that day I flew out to Cali. So wow. pretty intense, but I've been preparing, been praying, get back to Georgia. We have homecoming and everything. And then literally the Saturday of homecoming, my recruiter calls me and she's like, congratulations. Mm-hmm. We want to move forward with you. In my head, I'm like, oh, like, I got the job. Like, this is real. Yeah. Like I'm about to be working at Google after I graduate college. Like this is un real mm-hmm. however there's another step after the final round interviews at google and so after you get a final round interview and you make it past they have something called the team matching phase and so the team matching phase is basically where you meet with other hiring managers and they meet with you and they figure out if you're a good fit for their team and then vice versa you figure out if you even want to be on their team it could be in a product area that you may or may not have the most passion for mm-hmm. and so the team matching phase actually puts the power back in the person who's interviewing to figure out where they really want to be in the company. Ideally, it's supposed to be a good opportunity, but the downside is that oftentimes it can take a very long time. And mm-hmm. so um, at this point, I had already started interviewing around September 
and it's going on November and I'm still not officially hired. And so getting a little frustrated, had a couple of competing offers from Deloitte and Accenture. Um, luckily I had those in my back pocket and you'll see why soon. And so between November to March, 2020, I'm literally meeting with teams every other week. Mm-hmm. I'm probably meeting with five plus teams at this point, trying to figure out who really wants a new graduate. Um, and which team I'm actually passionate about. Right. Finally get to a match where a team actually really interested in me. However, I wasn't interested in them. Um, and I was like, you know what? I have faith that I can find another one. So I'm going to politely decline this team and just find another one. Little did I know that never, another one never actually came. Okay. Um, so we get to March 2020. Um, we get back from spring break. Still don't have an offer from Google. Still trying to figure out, figure out what team I have. Very frustrated. Luckily, I still had an offer from Accenture. Bad news is the pandemic hits. Right. And so the pandemic just changes everything. And so companies lose millions of dollars in a matter of weeks. The stock market substantially crashes. Um, I think that was actually the period of time where me and all my friends started getting into like stocks and investing because everything was so cheap and low. Yeah. Even though we were broke college kids, we were like, man, we're going to start it up. And so anyways, so within that time period, um, my recruiter was like, you know, hey, unfortunately, you know, your profile has been open for quite some time, um, and we're going to have to probably retract your app, retract your profile, retract your application because um, you've been in the, you know, um, pool for more than six to eight months. So I started around September, um, and she closed the application for me like around like I would say April, May, um, and that was just really a, a very largely unfortunate situation, just because I felt like I was right there at the door, mm-hmm. but not only did they take my application, but because there wasn't that much demand for a new graduate in, right. a, in, in, in a pandemic, it just wasn't, it was just a recipe for disaster. And I was really hurt because I felt like I was there. Um, and so that was the second no. And so at that point, I'm very discouraged. Even though I still had an offer mm-hmm. um, with Accenture, you know, it wasn't necessarily six figures, but I was, you know, making you know money that I was like really, really grateful to make at that point. And so um, I was just like, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I was literally at the finish line. And mm-hmm. then, it was just ripped apart for me. Right. Um, and so, you know, um, in all situations, rejoice. And um, it actually ended up working out. So I work at Accenture. I don't feel like this is a very long-winded answer. My bad. But I'm, not, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm learning a lot. Yeah, I'm so, sure they're learning a lot. So fast forward um, to July um, slash August 2020. Um, I accept my full-time offer with Accenture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I end up was actually supposed to move to Los Angeles for Accenture, but because of the pandemic, um, they were like, hey, like you all can work from home with your families and, you know, just kind of be at home during this environment. Crazy times. Really crazy to think that's already been almost three years since the pandemic. Wow. Anyways, so I started working with Accenture um, and in that environment, I'm, you know, learning, I'm growing, um, working from home, stacking up my cheese during this time. Um, between the ages of like 22 to 24 is really honestly like a period of growth, a period of just kind of like understanding who I am, understanding like a little bit more about what I actually want to accomplish. And at the same time, I'm already, I'm kind of like, you know, starting to like my, starting my investment journey in terms of like stocks, cryptocurrency, um, and then also um, building my business migrate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, around May... 2021 so i'm like what like eight months on the job now um google reaches out again Mm -hmm. 
Third time, and I'm like, man, I'm sick of y'all, bro. I'm really sick of y'all. Like, I, I, I've dealt with y'all too many times since I was 19. Right. I'm 20. At that time, I'm like 23. And so I'm like, bro, like. Y'all keep playing with y'all me. Y'all keep playing with me, bro. Like, y'all want me or y'all don't want me. Like, what's up? So this black recruiter reached out to me, really great guy. Um, and he was just like, you know, I came across your LinkedIn profile. I see that you won Poets and Quants. Um, by the way, Poets and Quants is a prestigious organization, prestigious organization that awards um, the top business students across the nation. And so from each business school in the nation, they award one to two students on um, the Poets and Quants Award. Um, so just for students who have gone above and beyond. And so um, at the time, I didn't really know what Poets and Quants was. I was like, man, it's just an award to me. Like, yeah. it's cool, but I didn't really think it was that prestigious or that right. valuable. But um, until I really, until I won it and then I did some research on it, I was like, oh, I didn't even know I was in the running for it. It was just kind of one of those things where, like, some of the advisors from Terry were like, nah, like, he's him. <laughs> so, <laughs> but nah, so, um, recruiter got on LinkedIn and he was like, no, I saw your Poets and Quants article. You're like, you want a really major award. I see that, you know, you worked at Deloitte. I see you're at Accenture right now. You're young. You know, we feel like, you know, we, and, and what's really cool about Google is if you were a high performer in the interview process, mm-hmm. they keep your, feedback okay. in, a, in a file for like a year okay. um, and so they saw that information and they were like yo like we want to give you another shot at a program manager role um so at this point i'm like dang okay i mean third time's a charm but right. at the back of my mind I'm like it's that doubt a little bit mm-hmm. and then i realized you know what i'm saying like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it for real there is yeah. i can't go in with no doubt i can't go in with no yeah. hesitancy all i can do go in is with faith and so our story short i'm like all right you know, I'm talking to my friends, talking to my family, you know what I'm saying? I prayed about it and I was like, listen, like, God, if this is it, this is it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to I wanna be able to say, like, proudly every single day when I wake up and brush my teeth, I will get a program manager job at Google. Not only just because I wanted to be at Google, because I had dreams for myself that I wanted to achieve. Like, you know what I'm saying? At that time, I didn't know it, but I had ideas in terms of what I wanted to accomplish in terms of getting a property in terms of making sure that I can sustain myself, helping my mom, helping like different people in my family. Um, Cause it was bigger than just me, you right. know what I'm saying? And you gotta always figure out a way to give it back. And so um, long story short, I started my interview journey again with Google, July, 2021. Mm-hmm. Had my first round interview the same day as the Donda concert in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had my second round interview two weeks later. Um, I killed both of them. They're like, whoa, we're going to give you a level three. So there's different levels of how, like how you're ranked at Google mm-hmm. level three. People are usually people who have had less than five years of experience in the industry, usually new graduates, usually people who are, you know, pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did so well that they were thinking about leveling me up to L4. And so L4 also comes with a lot more compensation, mm-hmm. also comes with more, more responsibility, more scope and a little bit more autonomy instead right. of always somebody telling you, Oh, like, this is what you need to do. Like, wake up and it's all right like what's my adventure today what am i going to do at google that's going to help not only me be more successful but also my team be more successful mm-hmm. um and so i had done so well by the grace of god that they were like hey like we want to like go put you up for l4 and so um, i'm like whoa like that's major yeah um and they were like but before we do that we need you to take one more interview mm-hmm. keep in mind i've already taken like six interviews at this point yeah. and so i'm tired i'm like bro like we started this process in May and now it's August. I'm like, I'm just having those like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Flashbacks of what yeah. has happened already. And I'm just like, bro, like, nah, like I ain't trying to do all that. So I like, you know what, whatever. So I take one more interview and they're like, okay, like we can confidently say that you're at L4. 
Um, and then right now we just need to, you know, figure out what team you're going to land on. So we're back again in the team matching phase that previously I took it eight months the last time I interviewed. And so September comes around, I'm one month in, still don't find a team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going I'm to I'm just have faith. October comes around, still don't find a team. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, this is getting frustrating. And not only that, I'm also still at Accenture while I'm working, while I'm also, like, meeting with these teams. So it's like, I don't want to quit my job right. and just be, you know, right. say, just be, like, you know, looking around stupid. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be patient. November comes around. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and so November, there's a lot of different things that, went, that was going on with me, um, you know, during that time period. Um, so around that time, um, I didn't have a car for like four to five months, actually, um, around November. My mom had got into like a really severe car accident um, in July 2021. So right around the time I started interviewing. Um, and so, you know, I gave her my car so she can, you know, be mobile. But during that time, I didn't have a car for like five or six months at the age of 23. It was hard, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, big, big shout out um, to my friends and my unit, my family. Um, they just really made sure that I was able to, you know, do what I had to do. And I, you know, I called a lot of Ubers too at the same mm-hmm. time. But the first thing I wanted to do was get a car. I'd already saved up a substantial amount of money. But during November, it was getting to that time where I was all right, bro. Like, I just want to move on a leap of faith because I had no, I known, I had known that I did so well during this time that I felt, I just had no doubt in my heart that I felt like I got the job. Even though mm-hmm. I didn't have the offer letter in front of me, even though I didn't know for sure, I was like, you know what? I want to go ahead and get this car. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to just get any car. I'm going to get the car that I actually want because I can afford it with or without Google. But with Google, it's just going to make it a whole lot easier. And not like I was testing God, but it was really on some like, God, I believe that I'm going to get this job. And just to show you that I actually have faith and believe, I'm okay to get this car. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of you who, who know me know that since I was like, since freshman year, um, shout out to my shout out to my, uh, my boy, Chris the Prince. Um, we were really into cars, but um, I'd always been interested in Teslas. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, the first car I wanted to get was actually a Tesla Model 3. Um, and so, you know, that's a really, you know, when I, when, I <laughs> when I thought about it, I was like, am I going to do it? You know, I just wanted to see yeah. what the numbers was looking like. And so I called Tesla up and I'm like, hey, like, I'm interested in a red Model 3. Um, keep in mind, I'm 23 years old. It's November 23rd-ish. Still don't know I, if I got the job at Google. Had enough saved up to get a really nice car, and I had money to sustain the monthly payments. But I feel like with Google, it would have been a lot, lot, mm-hmm. way, way, way more affordable. And right. So I was like, again, fake. So I called them up. I'm like, listen, I want this car. I want to get it off the lot. What's up? So they tell me how much it's going to cost and how there's only one left in the Roswell Tesla. Um, and so at that time, a lot of people were trying to cop them. And so it was really hard to find one. That, would, that it wasn't going to take six months to deliver to me. So I had less than a week to make a decision on something that yeah. I was like, okay, not 100% on. So I pulled the trigger. Um, I got the car and one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and then that was November 30th, 2021. And literally nine days later, I get an email from Google saying, congratulations, you found a team, yeah. you're hired, we yes, want sir, you to start yes, sir, yes, in sir. January 2022. I'm ecstatic. So I'm like, yo, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I call my family. I call my friends. I'm like going nuts. I'm going crazy. Um, just because there's something that literally was years in the making mm-hmm. of just patience, endurance, and faith. And 
Um, the numbers that they were talking about was out of this world. Money that I felt like I wasn't going to see until 30. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like doctor money. You know what I'm saying? But it was crazy. So really, really just blessed. Um, and, you know, I skipped a lot of parts, but ultimately, like, it was a very long journey. Mm-hmm. And I was really grateful to be here. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's actually, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the story. Appreciate okay, it, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So even between this time, and I'm glad that you really touched on really everything on this journey. I feel like people do need to hear this because they believe that people who achieve so much, again, how you were saying, like nothing comes easy. Like some people think, oh, they just had an easy route. Luck happened. They're just like. Now these people really had to work, and you just don't see you don't see all the reject. You don't see all the rejection. You don't see the failures. Yeah. You don't see the low people times. People only see the high times. You know right. what I'm saying? Like people look at me loud and they're like, "Oh, guys, were like, hey, ain't nothing wrong with him. Like yeah. he's good." But it's like you don't know what it took to get here. Right. You know, yeah. sacrifices I had to take. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and everybody's journey is different. Um, so yeah, man. No, that's good. Though. I'm proud. That Thank that's you. a good story, though. Everyone. The thing is that everyone has to. Everyone can't have a story like this. They just have to keep going. Even past those, you know, rejection times. Yeah. A lot of people they get rejected and they say, Well, I tried, that's it. But yeah. If you really want it, you yeah, gotta keep it. like you gotta keep going until you get yeah, it. Okay. Like no matter yeah. how long it can take. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned in the beginning of the uh the interview about a, you said miracle. Uh, you see, you have a business migrate, yeah. migrate, migrate. Yes. Okay, can you can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in 2019, when I interned at Deloitte, um, there was two guys that I got mad close to, who was also my intern class. Um, and at the end of the internship, we were just like, "Yo, like we want to create something that's going to make the lives of people like us a lot easier and people around the world who actually believe in the technology of blockchain and cryptocurrency." Um, and so, you know, a lot of people who think crypto is a scam or this and that, you know. That's about they, they can have their own valid opinions, but one thing's for certain is that you know a lot of people didn't believe in the dot com boom. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't didn't believe in artificial intelligence, AR, VR. Somebody like me, I can like hundred percent believe that there's always an opportunity for you to innovate what's mm-hmm. going on today. Yeah. And so like um, let's just you know think about it from this perspective. So like let's say you go on your favorite website to go shopping. Where do you like to shop? Uh. Would you gonna say Amazon? All right, cool. So let's say you go to Amazon.com. You want to go buy some clothing. You want to go buy something for the crib. So um, usually when you check out, there's about four to five different options. You have credit card, debit card, gift card, Apple Pay, Amazon Pay, PayPal. Right. right? However, in the market today, there is not any payment processor that allows you to actually buy products and services using digital currency. Right. And so you're probably thinking like, I thought people invest in crypto. Absolutely right, people do. But at the same time, cryptocurrency is not just an asset. It's not just an investment vehicle. It's also what its name entails, a currency. Right. You can directly spend your coins. Right. No application on the market today does that. And so we found an opportunity in this, in this realm because we felt like it was very tedious for people to, who have cryptocurrency to go sell their coins on another platform wait for it to convert to money, I mean, to um, fiat, which is like USD, mm-hmm. then move that to another account just to go shopping. That's a very tedious process. And then on top of that, you're also subject to capital gains taxes. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's not like the stock, you know, with stocks, you can't go take a, a Apple stock or Microsoft stock and go right. buy something. Right. You know what I'm saying? You would have to go sell it, right? right? 
Same thing with crypto. Our payment processor is completely different because now we give you the opportunity to basically check out on the website. And once you click on our migrate logo, kind of similar to like, to like a little button, it has like an Amazon logo. When you click on it, it directly routes you to whatever wallet you choose that has your cryptocurrency holdings mm-hmm. in it, whether it's Coinbase, whether it's Binance, whether it's MetaMask, you can directly spend your cryptocurrency on any platform that you choose. Okay. And so um, we're launching that product in the spring. That's nice. Um, and so, you know, we have a couple of different talks with some of our friends, who are entrepreneurs who have businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can kind of test, you know, what the success of this would actually be like mm-hmm. on a website. Um, so, you know, that's not the end state of the application. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the end state of the application is actually a, a full end-to-end marketplace mm-hmm. where entrepreneurs, e-commerce founders can mm-hmm. actually come and sell their product directly on our app or website. And then people who are like consumers can go and shop on our app directly and be able to facilitate transactions with cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one day we plan to yeah, sell the application. Great. Yeah, that's one great. day we plan to sell the application. Um, I have a couple of different mentors and colleagues who've, who've successfully sold, you know, um, their apps before. One of my one of my uh, colleagues, he actually sold um, an app for ninety one million dollars wow. to Coinbase back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, mm-hmm. so really, really major. There's a lot of opportunity in this space, and so you know, right now we just we just need the platform. We just really need the platform to be able to showcase the technology and why it may be important to a lot of people one day. So, um, but I wouldn't say that I'm like Migrate is my brand. I mm-hmm. think Migrate. It's just uh, another another opportunity, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I have a lot of different in, um, inventions and ideas and opportunities mm-hmm. that I want to, you know, pursue. But mm-hmm. I think from now, Migrate is the, the first the first product that I, I want to launch in the next couple of months. Okay, that's great. Okay. So I was just going to ask, like, what do you think your or what are your your goals for like the next three to five years for right now? Yeah, there, uh, big goals, small goals. Yeah. So outside of Migrate. Um, I'm also really passionate about real estate. And so I actually bought my first property um, um, June, 2022. And so uh, this is where we're at actually. But so it's really crazy because I actually never really thought about property heavily until around 23, 24. I started seriously kind of looking into properties and then, um, you know, thanks to a very aggressive like savings process and also um, Google, I was able to like stack up pretty, pretty, um, heavily over the last three years and I was able to actually save up to get this house so um, shout out to God on that um, but you know with real estate I'm really interested in like also generating passive income um, and also creating opportunities for minorities like ourselves to be educated about why it's important to have ownership you know right. a lot of people our age when they think of a house they think of oh like I'm not trying to be stuck here I'm not trying to have to worry about this worry right. about that but in reality like you either you paying somebody else or you paying yourself right. you know what I'm saying so it's like what, what journey do you want to choose and you know everybody has their own preferences so I'm not knocking anybody's against home right. ownership but I think especially in the black community it's very very important it's very powerful and you don't have to wait till we're 30 or 40 to do that you right. know what I'm saying like with the right discipline the right focus and the right understanding of opportunity costs you can do it right. I feel like a lot of people our age and our generation are like oh like I want to have fun now, I want to do this now, and that's fun. Like we're young, we can have fun, but also make room for those things that actually matter in the right. long run. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really grateful that I was able to um, get this property because now it just opens up so many different opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and also, I just like the peace of coming home and really just being alone and just kind of relaxing yeah. sometimes. But also, yeah, real estate is really something I'm really interested in. So I actually have um, a real estate company on the side with a couple of UGA grads and um, a few other people in my network. And right now we're just looking into different ways we can generate passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking to get our first resident, uh, our first investment property 
um, this year. Mm -hmm. um, and then outside of that, I have a other some other goals. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to save X amount by December. Um, I'm also looking into some personal health goals and also spiritual goals. And so um, this year is just really the year of like elevation and separation. And when I say separation, not necessarily like from my loved ones, but year, the year of actually making sure mm -hmm. that my mindset is separated from what goes on around us. Right. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of things that you see at face value in the physical and material world, it's all fades. It's yeah. all temporary. It's all fake. But, you know, something I'm really passionate about is my walk with God. And, you know, not many people, you know, who, how many people in my life really know for real, for real, like how serious I am about that walk. And like, when it comes with that, is that, it's that mindset. Of course, I'm not perfect. Of course, there's things I still need to work on, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's habitual or whether it's, you know, um, in other aspects, but like, um, ultimately, like, one of my main focuses this year is actually walking in line with God and also helping people understand the truth about the Bible. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say between, you know, spiritual, real estate, mm -hmm. migrate, and also, you know, just being yeah. better and better every mm -hmm. day That's as a person. Good. So yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay. Okay. Do you have any advice to, you know, anyone who wants to work in the technology field or going to Google or real estate or anything, any type of advice that you just want to give? someone the viewers or anything that you've spoken about so far yeah great question um i would say in terms of advice honestly like i think that you know really just understand that nothing is impossible i know that's very very generic but like you really have to go in with the idea that something is already yours and that it will be, you'll be surprised how fastly it manifests through the grace and of God. And actually believe it. And believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just say, oh, you know, I think I can be able to, like, no, like, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what you have to do is, like, set your goal on something and be serious to sacrifice something else for it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like a lot of people in our, in our generation, our age, um, it just it's, it frustrates me sometimes that I really know there's so much potential. Yeah. that a lot of people have, whether it's my friends, whether it's my family, whether it's people that I love. It's like we have so much potential to really change our lives. You know, not everybody has to change the world, but everybody can change their life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it depends on how bad you That's want it. Bad. Yeah. It depends on how bad you want it. And so my, my thing is like whatever you, whatever you love, whatever you're passionate about, chase it wholeheartedly. And on that journey, realize that you're going to have to make sacrifices and it's not going to be easy. But in those positions when you're faced with the opportunity to make sacrifices when you do that. And if you don't, then you have to understand that, you know, sometimes your goals are just going to have to take a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a goal to lose 25 pounds, but you continue to eat like crap, you continue to not work out, you're just, it's just a wish. Right. But the problem with goals, and this is what separates successful people from not successful people, according to the book, Atomic Habits, I don't know if anybody's read Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. but it's a really fantastic book. And on, in that book, you know, it basically talks about how like a lot of people have goals. Everybody in life has goals, whether right. they're successful or not successful. But what helps people to get to that level of success in whatever way they define that is having systems and habits and identifiable personality changes that can help you right. to get to that goal. And so let's say, for example, you want to lose 25 pounds and your goal is like, OK, I want to lose 25 pounds. First of all, is your goal something that you can actually measure? How do you actually get there? And is it actually realistic? You want to lose 25 pounds. How do you do that in a healthy manner? Right. How do you sustainably keep that 25 pounds off after you hit the right. goal? So the goal should not be, oh, I just want to lose 25 pounds. It should be, oh, I want to be somebody who's actually, I want to be a runner. Or I want to go to the gym consistently. Right. And as a byproduct, 
You lost those. You 25. lost those twenty five pounds. Right. And what are you doing at the gym? Oh, I want to be able to hit cardio at least four times a week. I want to be able to hit weights at least twice a week. Within that, I will also go into limit the amount of hours that I eat outside of twelve to eight p.m. And also make sure that if I do have a meal where it doesn't have the most you know healthy nutrients, I'm able to not only like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm only doing that maybe certain times of uh, of a week. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like. It's all about how do you actually plan the structure around that in that process. Right. And so that's some advice I would give you. Okay, that's great. Okay. Do you have any advice for me with this platform and you know, just my future with this? No, I mean, I think this is special. You know, yeah. I, I think this is actually I'm really proud of you, man. This is this is an amazing thing that you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Especially exposing black and uh, uh black people to what, what what's really possible out here. Mm. You know, we're all pretty young, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and it's really important for us to stay connected and just kind of help others people help other people understand that they can achieve their dreams too, right. and also leverage the content from what we talked about in, this, in these you know different sessions to hopefully inspire people right. you know, to go out and get it and also just to learn something new. Um, but you know, I've actually always thought about the idea of just like getting to a place where all of us are so you know we have so much time and freedom to just do what we want to where we can actually come together and talk about these different things and it's give advice to people. Because ultimately, like, you know, it's not, it's never, it's never actually been about the money. It's actually never been about success. It's always been about getting to a place where you can actually afford time and freedom. Those yeah. are things that you cannot directly just write down an equation and say, oh, like, this is how much time is worth or right. freedom. Yeah. No, time is our biggest, like, it's one of the things, it's like one of the things actually humans cannot control. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so like the reason why I say it's so valuable is because the goal for me is to get to a place by the age of 28 to really get to a place where it's like, I can spend my time wherever I want. I don't have to do anything. I can wake up and go to a mountain. I can wake up and go to the ocean. You know what I'm saying? And so another piece of advice is with this platform that you have, use it well and Make sure that you help people understand that the ultimate freedom and whatever they're doing is you have the time and freedom to actually dedicate to your loved ones and to your family, to what you actually care about. At that time, you know, you're aligned with your purpose. Okay. So, yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right. So my last question for you is what are bears without bees? What are bears without bees? Mm -hmm. <sighs> Honestly, they might be screwed because they ain't got no honey. Um, <laughs> but I think bears eat other stuff though, right? They do, yeah. Do they really eat honey? I think they do, but I feel like they don't really, like, I feel like they wouldn't die without, I feel like they wouldn't, I feel like they would still survive without bees. Uh, I don't know about survive, but they will have ears. Okay, I get it. You, you get yeah, it. Yeah, the, all right thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of pain and passion let your passion work for you thank you <sighs>